Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, We were joined by a friend of the show, journalist, author and City fan, Bill Burrows. He was in uh, Qatar last week uh, working and... uh, we thought he would just check in, yeah. see what he made of it in the eleventh hour, just with a tournament. And he had yeah, some interesting very stuff to tell us. Yeah. I think, yeah. Certainly, if you like a clean toilet. Um, Danny <laughs> Kelly joined us, didn't he? He likes a clean toilet. He certainly. Well, don't, I think we all do, don't we? No, we who likes do. a dirty toilet? <laughs> no, really, nobody. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Danny, uh, we had a big dive into the Premier League uh, weekend. Um, what else did we do? We, we had, had a chat, chat, didn't we? Oh, yes, Various we had a couple things, of chats. Downbeat after the football, both of us, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yes, good afternoon, Paul, and it wasn't great for either of us yesterday, was it? No, so, indeed not. We will be yeah, t- okay, looking at that with too, Danny uh, very yeah, shortly. Danny, not really okay. a fair fight, I don't think, really. But uh, They are playing very well, though, aren't they? You've no, seen them in the flesh. You... Prefacing all of this by saying, I think Arsenal are going to win the title. Wow. I do. I think really? You're, going, you're calling it, it now, right? I am. I thought that they, they look in better form than... The only thing that can stop them is the, is the squad depth. Yeah, which is you know, I mean, for which example, they can kind of address in yeah, January, sort of. I mean, you know, if 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 Chelsea had had their full team yesterday and Arsenal had uh, Saliba, Partey, uh, Gabriel Jesus, and Saka missing, it might have been a different game. Sure. So, so it wasn't a fair fight. But having said that, what was so disappointing was the lack of fight, the lack of effort, the lack of anything really. That that's what we mm. couldn't take. Mm. You know, you can take losing, but. It was like playing City. There have been games where we've lost to City 1-0 and it's been a kind of damage limitation situation. Yeah. And I felt that yesterday. I felt that they were, you know, they were quite happy to lose 1-0. You know, it, was, it wasn't really even a... Con- it was a 1-0 thrashing is what it was. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was poor. It really was. Is the manager under pressure? Surely not. Mm. He's been there about five minutes. I don't think he is because I think the situation is that if you don't get it right mm. off the pitch mm. in terms of recruitment... And in terms of sports science and reducing the number of injuries that you get, because it was noticeable yesterday, Liverpool and uh, Arsenal got to that stage of the season with their first 
11 intact. Yeah. Whereas Spurs had a lot of injuries. Chelsea had a ridiculous Well, they've had a couple. They lost Pardy for a while. <clears throat> Excuse me, they lost Sinchenko for a while. They've lost They've lost some key players. Yeah, sort of. They're not key, though. They're not key, key players. Partey was out for a while, but mm. not for that long. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, they are playing very well, you know. However poor Chelsea were, nothing was as poor as Martin Keown calling Arteta boss. I thought that was terrible. <laughs> oh, he's boss, isn't you can it? take us up with him on Friday. Putrid, I thought that was. But there we go. And, uh, <laughs> Putrid, maybe yeah. a touch strong. Well, perhaps. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't great. Wasn't You're it? more annoyed, it seems, in the, about, about Tony Adams still being in Strictly <sighs> and Ellie getting kicked out. I mean, you, honestly, you were raging earlier on it. Well, uh, exactly. I mean, mm. honestly, mm. it's it's the Arsenal fans are voting to keep him in. But I mean, it's embarrassing because all right, he had one week where he danced okay, but on Saturday, <laughs> does it really he, matter, Andy? Well, it does really. If you watch does the it, program mm. and you want the you best the dancers sh- to win, think, he, he was pathetic. Do you think the show is being undermined by the block by Tony McToneface? It's basically well, I what do, it is, really, yeah. He was, he was poor. But yeah. what can you do? Okay. It's a popularity contest. <laughs> but it is, isn't it, yeah. ultimately? And, and none of it matters. I do like... A, one of the things I love in the tabloid newspapers <clears throat> is a headline explained. That's where they, they'll do a very clever headline and they'll yeah. think that somehow their readers don't understand it, you know, which is ridiculous. This is the worst example <clears throat> of that I've ever... The headline was... He thought it was all over. And this is a story about wartime RAF logbook reveals how football commentating icon Kenneth Wilsonum cheated death after the plane he piloted came under heavy fire. He's known for the line, they think, yes, we know that! <laughs> Who doesn't know that? <laughs> Explain it, oh, you idiots. A man who sits there and punches national newspapers, actually that. physically, with I his fist, it because it betrays an attitude, them. you know, it betrays that we don't think the listeners are intelligent enough. Well, the readers in this the readers, case, yeah, to get it. We, of course, do believe the listeners are intelligent enough. One, uh, one thing to get you going mm. on is jackets. There's only really been one jacket in town in the world of sport. green jacket. The green jacket for the Masters, but now, thanks to the great Billie Jean King and the Billie Jean King Cup Finals, uh, mm. a sort of international tournament that starts tomorrow in Glasgow. Oh, the magic of the Billie Jean Cup. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you can't yeah. even say it. It's a lot to get through, isn't it? Uh, it's it's a blue jacket. The jacket made in collaboration with the International Tennis Federation and the designer uh, Tory Birch. Well, fair enough. Bring back the Tory Birch. <laughs> Bring back the Tory Birch is absolutely right. Um, yeah, it's in a kind of Billie Jean blue, whatever that is. Whatever that is. And, uh, yeah, they're going to wear it. Um, so we thought jackets, the idea of, talking of which, have you seen the, the there was a, a, a tennis tournament at the weekend and uh, the trophy, the winning trophy, was it in France? Have you seen, the, have you seen it? I haven't seen it now. You can have someone's eye out with that. Oh, it's, really? Uh, it's yeah, it's, <laughs> there it is, look at this, Andy. It's um, Holger Rune, the Danish uh, player, beat uh, Novak Djokovic in the Paris Masters final. Look at oh, that trophy. You can have someone's eye on. Oh. It's a tree, basically. It's a small, jagged metal tree. And he's kissing it. That looks a bit risky, oh, doesn't he could it? take the skin off his lip, couldn't he? Oh, um, pass me by the Paris Anyway, Masters. the jackets. What other jackets in other sports? I mean, if you had the worst player in the... Premier League. You could have the donkey jacket, couldn't yeah, you? Absolutely. You could award that at the end of the season, put on the old corporation big nev jacket with the orange panel on the back. I'd like to hand it to a Bamiang as he walked off. Yeah. <laughs> Just slip this on, Pierre Emmerich. You'll look a million dollars. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, it's that time again. We reflect on the Premier League weekend in the company of somebody as equally as unhappy as uh, we are here in the studio. <laughs> um, fellow Tottenham supporter, Danny Kelly. Good afternoon, Dan. 
Afternoon, chaps. Everything okay? Not too bad. It's a bit of a breaking story we're going to discuss with you uh, first. It's come by David Ornstein in The Athletic. He says, um, Liverpool Mm. have been put up for sale by Fenway Sports Group. Sale deck has been produced by interested parties, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, assisting valuation process. Unclear if deal gets done, but FSG inviting offers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to dig a bit deeper into Are this. Are there any countries on. left that need a club? Well, <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Maybe their reasoning for wanting at this uh, this stage to invite further investment or someone to buy the club um, and what it will mean to the team and what it will mean for the club. I mean, a couple of things straight away on this, apart from the fact that they're probably just bored of beating Tottenham. Um, <laughs> one, Spurs, one win in 20 in the Premier League against Liverpool. <clears throat> Do me a favour. Um, one, I think this is the Todd Bowley um, knock-on. They, they, Todd played so much for Chelsea that I think that they probably think this is the very, very top of the market. And if, if not now, then when? Um, because if Chelsea are used as the indicator, then they can get looking for huge amounts of money for, um, you know, for, for, for the Liverpool Football Club. And secondly, and this is pure speculation on my part, with the Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona tried once again um, looking to push the, the Super League or a variant of it in the new year, which they definitely are. Um, I think the, uh, the the owners of FSB may have, no, may have noticed that there's just no appetite for it in this country. There'll be fan protests again. And maybe again, if you're in one of these countries that is not up for the Super League, it's probably best to get out of it because there's a, there's a chance it will start without the English clubs now, if indeed mm. it ever starts. Um, yeah, we'll all look, of those things. Yeah, it's interesting, and we'll, we'll say we'll dig a bit deeper, and we'll look we'll look into that story a little bit uh, later on. But we'll stick with Liverpool now. <clears throat> uh, we're going to go through every game. By the way, mm. we decide every week that yeah. who should take their turn in the barrel. We come up with nominations for for people or players or entities or clubs or whatever VAR etc. What should take its turn in the barrel? And we'd like you to weigh in with that at Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TSHJ because in football, really, every weekend someone takes their turn in the metaphorical barrel uh, have you got any um, nominations for this week Danny I, I don't know if you can sort of be hopping in and out of the barrel as quickly as this but I, I suspect that Everton fans will uh, will be noting um, that their team is perhaps reverting to type um, I don't know it wasn't I mean there were so many close games this weekend except Southampton of course um, <laughs> that, that you know and you can't put poor old Southampton in the barrel they just sack the manager I, I'd go I'd go with Andy's view but this will probably be Chelsea won't it in the barrel <laughs> well I don't know you know I mean it, it, it's a difficult one it, I thought they defended okay you know and uh, it just played with a lack of spirit Thiago's an amazing player for his age isn't he just amazing yeah. he is I just thought it was a very timid performance mm. and you do yeah. worry a little bit about that, you know, because, you know, it wasn't a fair fight. You know, Chelsea had too many injuries and not their full team and, and, and Arsenal are in a much right. better position. Well, look, we're going to come to that game, but we are going to kick off. We have an order because otherwise it's just chaos. Well, we yes. have an order of service and we will kick off with Tottenham 1, Liverpool Two and I just thought yesterday, Danny. I don't know about you. I mean, we, you know, I've seen them less passive starting games, which is not difficult. But I just felt yesterday Liverpool were coming. We'd already heard Trent say this was their season. It was all on this, and they would have been nervous. And the crowd were very much up for it at the start of the game and getting behind the team. And I felt if they'd started the game on the front foot in the way they played the last twenty minutes, they could have rattled Liverpool, got that first goal, and it could have been a very different game. But that is not the way. Tottenham Hotspur role these days, is it? 
particularly when the manager has the excuse of no of one fit forward in the form of Harry Kane, mm. so he picks a team to be unbelievably uh, defensive. But the simple <coughs> facts are, and I mean, I'm not pretending I know more than Antonio Conte. Genuinely, I'm not. The simple facts are, if you keep conceding the first goal in Premier League games, you will not win very many of those matches. Mm. Equally, if you concede 62% possession, 65% possession in the first half of most Premier League games, you will not win most of those games either. So whatever percentages he's playing um, are not ones that I can see. Um, and yeah, the passivity at the start was... The, the goal that came through Darwin Nunes down the left... Yeah. Um, it was the it was the fourth time that got behind um, Spurs' defence on that side in the first ten minutes, um, and so you can't you know the manager does what he does. The players have got to see that as well. You've mm. got to change the way you're you're playing. Um, look, Spurs played well um, for most of the match. They should have had a penalty, obviously, mm. um, and. They hit the woodwork twice, but if you if you start like that, you're just giving yourself a mountain to climb each time, and sooner or later, you fall into the crevasse. I do think it makes a difference, though. Liverpool had their full team out of Spurs. Mm-hmm. You saw when Kulisevsky came on, what a difference yeah. he made. You know, mm. I think it does make a difference in these games. You know, The only way you can compensate for having a lot of injuries is effort, and uh, I thought Spurs did put yeah. in a lot of effort, unlike uh, Chelsea. I mean, what we learned about Liverpool, I suppose, Danny, is that you know all the time you've got... I mean, I think second half, they were pretty unconvincing. I saw some Liverpool fans saying similar things Couldn't as well. Couldn't keep the ball, didn't they? No, that was, that was an issue. Um, but all the time you've got someone like Salah, you've always got a chance, haven't you? It doesn't matter how badly you're playing. No, he's a fantastic player. Liverpool fans will be going on about the amount of goals they're conceding. The simple fact is, I think it's rare to say, that the midfield is no longer as good as it was for a whole variety of reasons through fitness, age, all sorts of things. And it is no surprise that they have um, made all the early running in, in what will be an amazing auction for Jude Bellingham should Jude decide to leave uh, Dortmund because that's exactly what Liverpool need. A bit more engine back to front. Mm. Salah didn't look like he needed a break, but he's getting one during the World Cup, so that'll be good. Yeah, point. that's right, along with um, Holland and everybody, oh, all those other people. They can go on holiday reach. together. Yeah, <laughs> be good. There's your sitcom but pilot. One, one wag on yeah. Twitter, this is my takeaway from the game, during the game, one wag said, I bet Gary Neville prefers sitting next to Martin Tyler than Ian Hislop. I thought that was yes, quite Yes, that's quite a decent line. Yeah, so let's move on then to uh, Southampton 1, Newcastle 4. Um, mm. Yeah, pretty, and it's, it's done for the manager today. Uh, after uh, four years in the role. I mean, um, what are we making of that? It wasn't a massive surprise, that news this morning. He sounded a broken man. When they said to him, yeah. what can you do to address this slide? He basically said, I don't know. That's a bit of a red flag, isn't it? First of mm. all, let's just say how, how disappointing um, was Miguel Almiron's goal. That was an ordinary mm. goal. Don't don't be scoring those. It will disappoint us. <laughs> yeah. Hassan Hootl is, a, 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 you know, I think he's a really good manager for what it's worth. Um, and he's been clinging that team on in the Premier League. I know he keeps saying, oh, we haven't been in a relegation scrap. Well, that's that's one way of looking at it. But the new owners have decided on the Dortmund model, where they're going to buy cheaply and young and um, <clears throat> flog them on like car dealers um, in, in the future. Unfortunately, that's one thing at Dortmund where you get to play teams like Augsburg and Bochum every second week. You can't do that in the Premier League. There are too many good teams. You cannot, you cannot train the team or even a new manager, whoever that might be. And it looks like Nathan Jones is their preferred option. Mm. You can't do that in the Premier League because there's no, 
is there ever an easy game? Occasionally you might come across a team that's in rank form. But other than that, these points have to be clawed out of the cold, hard ground. Um, and I don't think Southampton have given Hasenhutl a fair squad for this season. I've got my notes. Newcastle flying, Southampton going down. Right, so we like Andy's, Andy's knee-jerk. Right? Thank you, Nostradamus. Well, four wins in four, nine games unbeaten, and um, they are they are flying. I mean, they are. Mm. I mean, what, what can derail them? Because you would imagine in January they'll strengthen in a couple of areas, and you know they're they're in good shape. Aren't oh they? no, they're, they're, I think they're going to be top four for the foreseeable future once they get there. And momentum um, brings luck as well, doesn't it? You know, you get an injury to Callum Wilson. Please God, he's okay. Um, and then Chris Wood comes on and looks like, and here comes the, here's the hipster view, looks like Victor Ozyman all of a sudden. Yeah, oh, yeah very <laughs> good. Apparently, yeah, Callum Wilson you said... Trans-Europe Express. <laughs> <laughs> Callum Wilson said, illness got to me, so not an injury, ah, an illness, which is good, which is good news good from an England point of view. Absolutely, yeah. Anyway, uh, we haven't got time for squeezing West Ham Palace. We'll do that very shortly. Danny Kelly's with us. You're giving us your suggestions for who should be in the barrel. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet to TSH&J. The Hawks and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Danny Kelly is with us, and we are looking back on the Premier League weekend. Your nominations coming into uh, who should be occupying the barrel this week. Just going back to uh, the Southampton story, Danny, uh, maybe mm. one of the reasons why Luton are prepared to have a conversation uh, with Southampton about releasing him. I see his contract. He signed a new contract this January until 2027. Oh, really? So, oh, it could be... The compensation. The yeah, compensation. Could be tremendous. quite the payday, I would imagine, for Luton. No, they don't want to lose a good manager, but still. Anyway, uh, we move on, as we said. We're looking at every game. We've brought you two, and uh, we move on to um, West Ham 1, uh, Crystal Palace 2. Um, mm. Yeah, the, the Natives restless yesterday. The oh, West that's a Ham poor fans, result for West Ham. Though. Not very happy, and, um, you know, David Moyes doing that thing. Oh, there's a lot of experts in the crowd. Never good to completely turn on the crowd. Maybe that's the start mm. or something. But um, they weren't happy with a with a substitution. Was it Ben Rama going off? But yeah, a, a poor result for them. And Palace's first away win of the season seemed to be all the rage yesterday, what with Liverpool as well. Well, you know, um, I, the, the, the professionals, i.e. those who are not just paying to watch the game, uh, the professionals would tell you it's all about uh, all about results. Um, and West Ham have lost eight games so far this season, the same number as Nottingham Forest and Wolves, who occupy the bottom two places in the Premier League. Um, so the fans are allowed to, to have their say. And I've got to be careful here, because he did so, such brilliant work at Everton, but there came a time at Everton as well, where having got the team to a certain point, um, the, there was a constant battle between himself and the crowd about could they be a little bit more entertaining. I don't understand what's happening with West Ham. I just, I'll be honest with that. But I do understand that Crystal Palace, by, by contrast, have definitely deserved more points than they've got. They've, mm. they've played, they're playing really well. They've got some, I, I like their combination of forwards because they can all do something individually and that gives them, particularly away from home, at the pace they play, a, a tremendous chance. And um, you know, it's, it's, for every bit, it's as bad a result for West Ham. It's a really good result for Crystal Palace because I think it may confirm that they're going in the right direction. Yeah, they've got the same number of points as Liverpool. They're only two points behind Chelsea and they're doing really well. Yeah. Antonio got a bit of stick in this game for crossing at the end. He did this apparently a couple of, exactly the same thing a couple of years ago and Palace scored. 
from that. Whereas uh, I think the idea was he should have taken it into the corner and settled for a and settled for the one-one. But know. that's a bit easy to say now. I think that's very true. Um, Mike, yeah. just very quickly, uh, Michael Elise, I think deciding that the <laughs> the world of media not for him, unless he was doing a brilliant <laughs> skit, comedy <laughs> skit. Uh, I thought it was a the quest. The journalist saying, uh, Michael, talk us through the goal. Got the ball, hit the ball. And it went in. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's a bit of a deflection, wasn't yeah. it? It's a fa- failure of media training there, isn't it? <laughs> and they won't ask him again. That's probably exactly what he wanted. Um, Precisely. And that's what uh, Alan Shearer and, and Michael Owen were the same in their playing day. I think they shared an mm. agent. And I think the, the tactic was give them nothing, show nothing of yourself, mm. don't be interesting. And they won't ask you to come back and ask you awkward questions. And for quite a long time, it it's worked. Like, mm. They're like in Goodfellas when the advice to the young fellow got prisoners say nothing and keep your mouth shut yeah. <laughs> uh, Aston Villa 3 Manchester United 1 yes a new manager uplift we saw <laughs> Villa's there. terrible underperforming yeah. players decided to turn up and maybe a, a, a lesson there for uh, Antonio Conte Emery said we had to make a fast start and we said to the players Let's start quickly. And look at the difference that made. Got the crowd up, got yeah, the team course. up, and United never really recovered from that. Uh, no. It, it, it's and, and, you know, it wasn't... The senior players at Aston Villa, the ones I think you need to carry some of the can for the backwards and forwards. But, you know, Leon Bailey, Jacob Ramsey, um, all came good. I mean, you know, Unai was lucky as well. Luca Dini doesn't get a lot of goals and there you get that free slams in that free kick. Incidentally, Andy, I'm, I'm always aware that you once had your own boutique in Carnaby Street. Um, <laughs> mm. What did you What did you make of Unai Emery um, going for the fully buttoned up cardigan look at this stage of the yeah. season? Do you yeah. think it was sleeveless? Was it, I, never, I think it was, a, was it a Ooh. sleeveless cardi? Was it a cardi waistcoat? Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's up to him. <laughs> it's, it's up to him. <laughs> no, I, I only ask Andy because as, I, as the years go by, I get more and more attracted uh, sort of cardigans and then you look at them and you think that really is an old geezer's garbage <laughs> double <laughs> <laughs> it's true but, but he made it look rather smart I thought yeah um, oh incidentally and as well I know that you're always interested uh, because uh, as, a, as a youngster I was a judoka um, mm. the the Ming's the Ming's Cristiano Ronaldo incident that was a Sotogari he was performing oh. there <laughs> Sotogari it's great we find out exactly what any, any thoughts on that game Andy no I didn't see it oh okay <laughs> fair enough Arsene Wenger yeah. okay then we move on we've got to rattle through these watch everything Chelsea I nil. normally do but Chelsea nil oh. Arsenal won if we must, we have touched on this. You thought it was yeah, a bit of a spineless performance by your I boys. did. I mean, they always say teams play in the image of their manager, and I must say, I, you know, I'll say at the moment the fans are not having grandpa. So I'm not in that camp. I, I think you, it's not his fault. I think Is that what you sense from the people around you? Yeah. Who are normally such a level-headed... Yes. But yeah. Yeah. Very, but I think, that, I think that, you know, the way they lost the ball for the corner that led to the goal, you know, was just... It's just a lack of options. You know, Thiago's on the ball. There's nobody to pass to. That's what was bad about yesterday. They didn't run about enough. They didn't give the player in possession an option. And, of course, they allowed Arsenal to just strangle them completely. And Arsenal are a very, very good team. But, you know, I just thought Chelsea all over the park, especially in midfield. I mean, Loftus-Cheek, you know, he's now at the point where... You just think, come on, mate. You know, you've got to do more than you do in a game. He was non-existent. Mm. And Mount, that was, I'd say it was his worst game for Chelsea. Yeah. Was, you know, he was pitiful, yeah. really. Danny, what was your take on it with a bit of distance? Well, 
Um, well, first of all, we have to say once again with the sawdust drawing the, uh, the the moisture from your mouth, Arsenal are a really good football they are, team. Very Tremendous good. balance. Yeah. All the bits of their team are working. My question to Andy would be: um, uh, Graham Potter is renowned for his calmness, but there comes a point in press conference where I think calmness starts to become chilled out beat poet, which seems to be the look <laughs> and the sound he's going for. And I'm not sure professional footballers are going to respond um, to here. Here's a few. Here's a haiku I wrote yesterday mm. um, about how you might not want to press the ball um, you know, it they, just there was such a lack of effort a lack of fight lack of fire uh, Bamiang I did more than a Bamiang in that game oh. and Havertz he just drives you mad he, I watched him the first five things he did went wrong and that's it the rest of the game he might as well not have been on the pitch wow. so and, Andy thinks that Arsenal are going to win the title can you bring yourself to say that Danny though you, you know you're a, no, you're I, a semi you're a 50-50 Arsenal yeah. Spurs household there. House, I've stretched as far as I've prepared to go. They're a very good team, and Manchester City are a very, very good team. Yes. Uh, I hope that answers your question. Just one little thing I noticed in passing. Uh, Saka getting a bit of a reputation. I've seen it with Bale. You've seen it with Bale. You've seen it with Kane. When referees decide you're a bit of a diver, you don't get the calls. And we saw one yesterday. He got himself a yellow card because he was fouled and didn't get it. And that frustration, that's because referees watch match of the day. And they say they <laughs> see players acting like normal wisdom. And uh, that's what <laughs> happens you don't get the call yeah, you so get a reputation. It, it's something yeah. to be careful of because he does like to buy a foul isn't he quite often uh, and uh, also the manager then digging out all the officials about it saying using the frame the famous word yeah. protection mm. um they're human beings too oh, i'll show you protection get up yeah yep. and here's mm. a yellow card uh, we move on then to Manchester City 2. Fulham won in the dying seconds they managed to get uh, that penalty. Very fortunate. Just, yeah, one thing I would say. Um, it was quite interesting. The treatment, uh, uh, Jermaine Jenis on Match of the Day was talking about <clears throat> the penalties or the near penalties in the Forest-Brentford game and how they weren't penalties. Yet, um, Kevin De Bruyne apparently was being clever. Um, it, I mean, there was minimal contact. It proves how low we've set the bar now, that a player can just be touched. And rather than us all shouting, get up, we all think, oh, well, there was technically contact. Not enough to basically get the reaction it did, but it is a penalty technically. And you think, well, have we come to that? I mean, Ron Harris must be going bonkers. <laughs> Cancelo as yes. well. I mean, that, I mean, that wasn't even a penalty or a red card. It was the shoulder charge. Ridiculous. These referees you think? Doing. Oh, I didn't think it was a penalty. Well, I don't know. And then he kind of trod on him as well. He kind of he compounded it, didn't he, really? So. The, yeah, the shoulder charge. I thought the game's that was gone a penalty. Soft. I think De, De Bruyne was, yeah. probably not. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the issue here again is if you start doing little strokes on a piece of paper of where the mm. VAR brought its advantage, one of the reasons I wanted VAR brought in was that it would take away the favouritism showed to the bigger clubs, including mm. my own on occasion, and what's the, what's the, the, I think that as I watch these things more carefully now, it hasn't. What it's done is just allowed a new way for that to be the case. Not a big conspiracy, not saying it happens all the time. It just, they don't need, Manchester City are good enough. They don't mm. need um, to get a decision like that at the end of the game. By the way, Fulham, far too passive when they got their man advantage. Yeah. They, they were waiting, they were delighted with their point and something like that yeah. was going to happen if you just sit back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been some quarters, people saying well, they got what they deserved. Well, we've there. noticed this before, that Pep yeah. Guardiola doesn't look at penalties when they're on. And the one he did on Saturday was he just talked to Rodri while and was talking, so he could pretend that he was doing something else rather than look at the penalty. Yeah, rather yeah. than turning round, that's uh, very true. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Danny Kelly is with us. We're looking back over the Premier League weekend. And it was mayhem, of course, at Ellen Road at Leeds. Four, <clears throat> Bournemouth, three. Um, what a mad game of football, Danny. Again, Bournemouth giving up a two-goal lead for the second time in a week. Real blow for Gary O'Neill. Sort mm. of might make, make life a bit more difficult for him to get the gig full-time. But a great fight back by Leeds and uh, well, slinging on some new blood, Jesse Marsh, and it working out. Andy said um, when we talked about Gary O'Neill that it, you know they had to appoint him. I came to agree, and then but he also said Andy, and as soon as they do, their form will drop off. Well, they've cut out the middleman here. Yeah. They've, they've, allowed, <laughs> they've allowed their form to drop off before they give him the job. Yeah. Um, look, I got I got to be honest, and it, this sounds like uh, um, you know as someone who watches perhaps the most defensive team in the Premier League. I love Leeds. I mm. love the fact that he's he's just mm. got taken the Bielsa a blueprint and said, you know what, that was all a bit organised and, and a little bit samey and a little bit safe, wasn't it? Let's really go for it. And, you know, for their players to keep going and the young players like Nonto, who looks like he's got mm. something for, about him. Um, and that's Somerville three three games successively now. He's come up with late goals. And Greenwood um, as well, scoring that goal. Great goal. Know. I mean, my view you, in this... You love to see it. Yeah. yeah. My view in this game is, will you see a better game in the World Cup than that? And the answer is no, you won't. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> That's the thing. And, you know, that it was such a 3-1 down and win 4-3. That, that never happens. I mean, the World Cup's not about fo- that. It's not about great football. No. It's about your country doing well mm. and seeing some of the best players in the world. But uh, that was a brilliant game. Yes. So, um, well done to Leeds. And, um, they, yes, they come to uh, 
Tottenham on Saturday. So we'll see Dr. Tottenham. Indeed, the good doctor will see you now. As well, Liverpool we discovered yesterday. We know how that game's going to go. <laughs> um, it'll be yeah. quite... I mean, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe Leeds there'll will be 2-0 up at half time. time. And you'll win 3-2. 5-4, yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll take that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Wolves 2, Brighton 3. Another fairly uh, potty <clears> game I was Obviously, well. I was hoping Brighton would lose. They yeah. didn't. <laughs> I, I saw well, Matoma the other week when I went in. He came on as a sub in the game against Spurs. And um, I was chatting to some of the hierarchy uh, after that game, saying, wow, you got a player there. He's he's strong. I mean, our, our own Brian Roy at Tottenham is, you know, three stone ringing wet. The thing Brian about Mat- Gill. Brian Hill. Gill. Brian, boy. No, Brian no, Hill. Yeah. Sorry, should I say. You know, we haven't signed Brian Roy. That'd be an odd signing, a man <laughs> in his mid 40s. But um, Brian Hill. But um, Matoma's so strong on the boys. Stocky, people bounce off of him. Mm. He looks a player. They got, him from, recruitment. they got him from their their parent club in uh, in Belgium. He spent a little bit of time there acclimatising the European football. And they've got a player there, I think, Brighton. Uh, Andy just used the word there. Their recruitment is. Uh, you know, you can't get them all right. That 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 would be impossible. Even you know, <clears throat> even the Manchester Cities of this world can't get them all right. But their their hit rate about bringing in football. Can you get them all wrong oh, though. Like us. <laughs> no, you can get them all wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. Partic- partic- particularly if you've got nobody actually with any football knowledge buying <laughs> the players. Why don't you go yeah, and spend yeah, two hundred eighty million quid? And you don't know what you're doing. Well done. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I wonder. There you go, Paul. I wondered how long it take him to yeah. burst. The 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 dam has burst now. I've, that I've not reminded him. Yeah, that he did say to me after the transfer window closed, Bowley has done well, is what no, I think he has, he has brought some good players. And I do, I did say to you that it was going to be difficult for Chelsea this season. My expectations were very low, hmm. and I do think they'll have a better second half of the Why season. Why are we talking about Chelsea? Well, I don't know, you did bring it back. <laughs> I personally, uh, thought like, you Lallana, live in fit and reminding us what a good player he is. Yeah. I saw Ed Chamberlain saying he would have liked uh, Poch and Lalana to be the new management team. Um, that was quite interesting. Oh, yeah. With a bit of a winky face, but no, that's unlikely. <laughs> so, uh, we move on to Forest 2, Brentford 2. Again, more mayhem. Uh, plenty of goals. Again, all these goals in before the World Cup. And uh, it was a big VAR decision, which clearly um, Forrest weren't happy about. Uh, the the penalty and the foul or not by Henderson. Did he get a touch on this the ball? This weekend it was mostly minimal contact. Minimal contact, yeah. Next week we'll go to two-footed neck-eye tackles in the soonest <laughs> envelope. It'll be completely different. This week we are mostly giving those, and next week we're not. Uh, I mean, Brentford are... The, the draw specialists of the division. It's almost like they're finding mm. ways to draw mm. games now. Um, also, Morgan Gibbs White had a decent game for Nottingham Forest. Forty million pounds they yeah. paid for him. Um, I'm, I've got to say, um, and clearly the, the, the chap has some talent. Um, for forty million pounds, I would expect a little bit more. But you saw flashes of what he can do there. But this, of course, was his problem at Wolves, wasn't it? That one minute he looks like he's going to be in the England squad, and the next minute he takes three games off. Um, but that that was a, that was an important equaliser for Nottingham mm. Forest for the obvious reason that you've got to have something to cling to as you head into the long long break for the World Cup now. Um, and if they can if they can just hang on to the coattails of the rest of that league and they can organise their two teams of players into one decent team sometime soon. When Brentford got a penalty with no Ivan <clears> Tony, <throat> I did wonder if the other Brentford players had even bothered to practice penalties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put it away. He, he, did. Did. he um, didn't He didn't copy the technique, sadly. I'd love to have seen him do the exact same that technique. That would have been good. It was a club trademark, yeah. Um, we move <laughs> on then finally to Everton. Neil Leicester 
two. Mm. And it, really all the talk was James Madison and whether he'll make the squad, which I think we all know he won't. Um, there's, you know, he's not picked but him in three years. Whether he should or he shouldn't, when, he won't. when somebody doesn't make it and then it's not based on football, it's based yeah. on something else. Well, I look, it's interesting. Listen, Brendan Rodgers saying after the game, more or less saying, I've had my issues with him uh, at times, but he's matured. And it's just a shame maybe in the last three years that, that mm. James Madison has not had the chance to be in an England squad to show maybe that he's, he's grown up a bit, which is maybe all Gareth Southgate wanted to say. But I think it's probably, even though he's playing very well, they'll probably argue they've got Grealish to do that job. So it's very easy not to put him in the squad. Um, agree, uh, Jack Grealish who isn't playing as well as James mm. Madison is you know, no. wonderful footballer let's not bring logic into moments. it Danny for goodness sake no, <laughs> neither, neither is Mason Mount if you want to be really honest he isn't well, Madison's yeah, playing better than bad game of the weekend yeah he is and, and, and the result here if Leicester and Advocate, they've kind of got <coughs> their act together mm. in Tielemans Madison and Barnes they've got three players who are as good or better than anything Everton had on the pitch um, and you know it, Leicester were a mystery to me at the start of the season. They're, they're not they're not a great team, but they've got some very, very good players. And now we're seeing, seeing the sign of that. What wonder, one wonders about Everton and what Frank Lampard is doing, because although they're set up to be hard to beat, they're, they're on average conceding 16 shots per game. And even with Pickford's abilities, you are going to concede plenty of goals eventually if you keep that up. So it's time then to decide who's turning it in the barrel. Yes, yeah, someone or something occupies the barrel uh, every week. These are your nominations. Jim in Dartford. Arteta's technical area. At Chelsea in the barrel. Completely unused and ignored throughout the match. He was diving about a bit. Obama Yang for the barrel says Dom in Surrey. Um, if he Mike, can be bothered to get in it. Mike the, he can be bothered. He'll get, he'll get someone to get in it for him. Mike, the North East Arsenal fan. It's got to be a Bamiyang. There's no point having a barrel if it isn't a Bamiyang. Um, eight touch a Bamiyang in the barrel, says somebody else. A, a barrel well, A barrel yang. A barrel uh, yeah. yang, says Craig, the Arsenal fan. Emerson Royal, a little mention for him. And Eric, Eric Dyer, Dyer, Andre Mariner yeah. and Var at Forest, and Tottenham's first half performances collectively get in the barrel. Are we going for... Uh, Pierre Emerick, you think, Danny? It's tempting to go for Arteta because he covered more ground than Obama. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. His heat map was better. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. No, it's, it's got it's got to be Obama. Hang as the the people have spoken here. Nice one. Well, look, we'll catch up with you next yeah. week, Danny. Thanks very much, as it's always. It's true. Brochure came on. He did more in five minutes than Obama had done in six. He did. So you quite just, an indictment. Just pop yourself in there, Pierre Emerick. Thank you, Danny. Take care. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Andy. Yes, Paul. Did I tell you that when I tune into BBC One, for some reason I've got BBC Scotland. I don't know what it is. I get like Scottish news, uh, local news, Scottish continuity announcer. Yeah, Sue started to develop a Scottish accent. It's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you, so you can imagine when Helen, a deserving nurse from Edinburgh, won £82,000 thanks to Ali McCoist on the wheel. Oh, yes, I, I did see Ali was yeah. on good form, yeah. Our continuity announcer was, oh, he was over the moon. He said, you can always trust the Scotsman, he said. Oh, OK. <laughs> I don't know why he's Bill Shank. But yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a bit confused. Is this, uh, you're confused. Is this, <laughs> you're confused. Is this on your skybox? Yeah. Um, why you? So can one of the listeners come mm. to Andy? Some nothing. Not there's anything wrong yeah. with getting BBC. They have some very good documentaries. Well, it's not great for me, the local news. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pile up. It tends to be more on the weekend. I don't know why. They're that bumper is. And, bumper to bumper in Kakodi. You must know all the travels. <laughs> oh, like, do, yeah. All the weather comes up. <laughs> no, it's it's marvellous. So, I don't mind really. 
Um, where was mm. I? There must be a way around it. The TalkSport listeners can probably help you out. Because you can get all of the BBC yeah. channels. Because, you know, I'd say I've, I've gone there for it's a bit of It's not BBC football. Alba. It's oh, no, BBC okay. that Scotland. would be pushing it. Your Gaelic's really coming on. Yeah, Fantastic. <laughs> Second language. <laughs> um, but, no, there must be a way. I can know how that's I happening. get there, like, Friday night, though. I don't miss the highlights between Kilmarnock and Dundee. I mean, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you don't have to, Andy. <laughs> no, no. not compulsory in Scotland to watch highlights of Kilmarnock and Dundee. <laughs> but... I don't see how that's happened. I don't see how it's happened, but Have I you, promise you've you... You've probably know. saved it as your default Scottish channel. Have you got your dish pointing towards our brunch? <laughs> is that what it is? Can you imagine? No, yeah. I have no idea what it is, but uh, there we go. I, I think our old mate, pilot Dave Tully, has, has yeah. spiked your dish. <laughs> yeah, that's all A couple of things from the weekend oh, yeah. uh, on the football front. One... Did you, Matoma I mean, had a great game for Brighton. Brilliant, yeah. But did you see uh, when Semedo was sent off? He was waving an imaginary yellow. Well, he was waving an imaginary red, red card. card. Perhaps he's colourblind. But shouldn't you <laughs> get a yellow card <laughs> for waving a, an imaginary you card? You should. So he could have really given him a yellow card. He should have done, really. But chose not to. They don't do that. They, they tend not to. No, no, they, 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 one time they said they were going to, but they never did. I've got a fabulous Johnny Nash here. There's oh, yeah. so many questions about <laughs> this story. <laughs> you may have seen it in the Sun. Uh, uh, it's it's about a guy called Jadev Biswas, 68. Biswas, I used to love that. Chris Town, <laughs> Lenny Henry. Marvellous show. Yeah. yeah. Has held an olive in his mouth for 26 years after a promise to his late sister in Ashok Nagar in India. And you think, really? Is it the same olive? <laughs> Does he eat that olive and then replace it with another olive? No, he's had one olive there for... One olive, but surely it would have dissolved by now. And what does he do... While he's eating his, the rest of his dinner, does he put Try the olive down? Swallow the olive. You can't. He puts the olive on one side. He must constantly <laughs> talk like that as well. Like he's got. Well, you got an I olive. I told in you, it's mouth. a good Johnny Nash, isn't it? It does leave you. Yeah. There's more questions than answers yeah, on you, that one. Have you looked into it, Andy? Well, I haven't really gone in full. Well, maybe again, maybe that's something the listeners can uh, can help us with. <laughs> I think I might. Uh, one from the court <clears> circular. <throat> the Princess of Wales, a patron of the Rugby Football League, this afternoon attended the Rugby League World Cup match between England and Papua New <clears> Guinea. <throat> and of course, the Middletons are a big, big Rugby League family and. Uh, Pippa, she loves St Helens. Oh, yes. <laughs> sure. a, bit of a strange one, though. I wouldn't imagine the Princess of Wales is that interested in rugby yeah. league, is she? She'll be, going back, be, to, dis- she'll be going back to the kids, just steeped in it, going, Move! <laughs> would she? She would. Talking like a, a rugby league referee. That'd be fantastic. That'd be great, yeah. yeah. Goes back. That'd be they, um, I thought, yeah, the England did uh, very well the other day. I expected a, a tougher game, but uh, yeah. watch that over the I weekend. I uh, kept my eye on it there too are, much. but uh, um, I, I was um, at the semi-finals at the Emirates next week, and I was very tempted to go into en- enemy territory, oh, yeah. but... Tottenham are playing Saturday at three o'clock, and it's the last chance I'll get to see them. Why don't you just turn up at half half time? Half half past two, I could watch practically all of the game and get there by the time Tottenham are fighting back from two nil down against Leeds. I hadn't thought about that. It's a good idea. Go and see the match. I should Mm. do really. Um, uh, what else have we got here? Something else, oh, from yeah. the, uh, something else from the weekend. Just, mm. I don't know if you noticed this. Um, the Visa challenge by Henderson, the one he had, they, you know, the one that the one that went for the penalty, and they all got mm. very upset about, and, and Brentford scored the penalty. Oh yeah. Do you see they showed that on the big screen? 
Yeah, that was unusual. The fans reacted badly, didn't they? A bit dodgy, wasn't it? They all booed. I mean, I didn't think they were allowed to do that. It kind of looked a penalty, but Henderson's reaction, he was so angry, you think he obviously didn't touch him. Yeah. I don't think he'd go that mad if he did touch him. You do wonder as well what it would be like, because, you know, even with... Look, you're right, it was a slightly dodgy one, but in the stadium, if that's the future with VAR, Mm. where we see why a referee or a VAR has made a decision, I mean, if you're so on off, Mm. you're still going to react like that, whether it's fair or not. You're not going to go, oh, we're fair playing, that was a penalty. You're just going to boo, aren't you? You're only going to... Yeah, that's it. So it's not ideal, really. Uh, Cracker's been in touch. He said, lovely listening to Curtly. He said, uh, Antigua does sound beautiful, but it seems to lack an opinion on a winner or a player. He was very (laughs) non-committal. Have you seen him, Cracker? He's about six foot seven. I'm not arguing with him. (laughs) He doesn't want to tell me who's going to win it (laughs) or who's going to be the best player in the West Indies. I'm not arguing with him. Now, well done to Helen Rumbelow in today's Times, who has come up with the absolute best suggestion for how the players should behave in the World Cup and what they should do. Mm. Because obviously they're... uh, she, she says here, yeah, I'll read it because I don't think I can praise it that well. Harry Kane, England's captain, says he wants to wear anti-discrimination armbands, which could be a gesture too small. Mm. Uh, Gary Lineker has said he'd like a closeted gay England footballer to come out in Qatar as an amazing message. This gesture is... This is a gesture too big. It's hard enough for footballers to come out in the UK. No need to do it more riskily. I think she's right. I have a suggestion, she says. When the England team line up on the pitch before the match begins, they turn to each other and kiss. Just a peck on the cheek. The whole team came first. Sure, they're straight, but that's the point. It's just a kiss. What could be sweeter and more powerful you can imagine they won't be too happy in Qatar if they do that yeah so if all the teams did that it would be well, brilliant like a, sort of chain, a yeah. of chain along yeah, the line yeah. as they pan That's along right. for the anthem they've got to be singing the anthem haven't they yeah but they can sing it in the, in the ear <laughs> okay yeah. alright well Andy well you can uh, you know get that message through to the FA out mm. of the uh, finals um, why did Gary Neville do have I got news for you he, he must have known he was going to get absolutely slaughtered by in his yeah. well strange thing to do um, I've got some news for you Andy mm. John's been in touch, so has Matthew and somebody else, Chris. Oh, they've looked it up. Probably your regional <laughs> setting has changed in settings, oh. Andy. Andy, you need to put your postcode in, says Matthew. Uh, your smart TV or skybox has a location setting. Make sure yours, make sure yours is, yours is set to your correct area. Ah, OK. But you're going to miss it now. You, I you, will. You love those... I might set it to Wales. Because they have... <laughs> You should go on the 24-hour Hogmanay channel. It's wall-to-wall Andy Stewart. It's fantastic. Yeah, that'd be good. Moira I'd Anderson like, throughout the great, years. You can just, every, day is, every day is New Year's New White Year's Heather Eve. Club. Yeah, you can Marvelous. just watch all these shows. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Joining us mm. now, so I'm fresh from Qatar. He was there last week on assignment as a journalist. Um, he's a big City fan, author as well, um, Bill Burrows. Good afternoon, Bill. Hi, guys. Did you sense there? I mean, you were there, say, about a week ago. So, did you sense that? Did you get, I mean, when you go to a country just before a big event like a World mm. Cup and you can kind of sense it, there's a vibe about the place. It's something big is just about to start. Did you sense that while you were there? I did. I, I tell you, it was weird. My first ever foreign assignment was for you, actually. And I went to um, Sweden to um, for the Euro 92s to talk about what, what was going to happen there just before the tournament started. Mm. And um, in every city we went, to there was a meeting with the police chief because they were terrified that the English hooligans, which you know was pretty much rampant then, um, the, the English hooligans were going to descend, and they were absolutely they, they were really scared. You know they had they had all the preparations in place, and they were expecting the worst. In 
Qatar, I get the feeling that they do not know what to expect at all. Really? Um, yeah, it's not the, 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 the branding guys have done a fantastic job. It's everywhere. You couldn't mistake the fact there's a World Cup on, but it's um, peak FIFA, really, isn't it? It's not a not a football country as such. Mm. Um, I think there's three hundred thousand people living in Qatar. A lot of them, I think, are getting out, just like the residents of Monaco do before <laughs> um, for a Grand Prix. Um, and the rest of the guys there, the rest of the population are from the Indian subcontinent, and they tend to be cricket fans. So there wasn't a massive buzz there. But then again, I, I was there a week ago, and I think it might have changed by now. Mm. Do you think there's going to be any legacy at all after the World Cup's over? Is it just basically three weeks, look at our country, it's great, come and visit us? I think there will be a legacy. I interviewed a guy out there called uh, Professor Saud Ghani, who's UK educated, and he's the guy who's made all the stadia air conditioned. Um, and he's a fascinating bloke. And one of the big things, when they won the bid, everyone said it can't be done because the air conditioning hasn't been invented yet. This is the guy that invented it. And um, he, he, he says that there are eight stadiums there. There's one called Stadium 974, which is a demountable stadium, which means it's made out of containers, shipping containers. And after the World Cup, it's going to be shipped to the next venue. So I think it's Uruguay after it. I think they've included it in their bid. It's going to be mm. taken across the ocean and rebuilt there. And the other seven, they've also, the, the air conditioning technology means that it can be run, they can be run during the summer and they're going to stay there and be a legacy for the people of Qatar. That's the idea. Mm. I mean, what, what was your sort of feeling about it generally? I mean, you know, if, if, if loads of football fans are going to descend on the place in a few weeks. I mean, what about as a kind of a destination to watch a football tournament? And what sort of vibe did you get, Bill? Well, 1.2 million people are going to arrive. That's the, uh, the guesstimate. And they've, they've got all the fan, your fan festivals and the fan parks in place. Um, I, you know, I think if people turn up to watch it, we'll go to watch the football and go to keep themselves to the fans' park. I think when they won the bid in 2010, it was a very different world. You know, obviously, Russia won at the same time. If, you know, And I think they're anticipating the Arab Spring, which came a year later. And it's a very different world right now. I think they'll be glad when the World Cup's over because they've had a lot of negative publicity from it. But I think they'll also, I think they'll put on a, put on a great show, you know. Do you think there's a, I mean, look, they've got, do you think there's a bit of a regret? Because, it, you know, there has been an awful lot of negative publicity. They probably thought this was a way to, to have a positive spin on what's going on in the country. They probably didn't realise that they would be so under the microscope in the intervening years. No, it has been incredible. Yeah, I've never known anything like it from, from an event. I mean, the 2019 uh, World, Europe, um, World Athletics Championships were on there, and there was nothing like the fuss then. In fact, Sebco came out afterwards and said it was the best tournament they'd ever been. Mm. Um, so I think it's because of football, and because of the global nature of football, that it has put a microscope on the place. But the, the guys, I met a couple of North African guys who were there who were absolutely crazy for it. Um, they, they couldn't wait for it to kick off. But um, there weren't many football fans there at that time, so it was hard, mm. hard to judge. But they, they are ready for it, there's no doubt about that. I mean, yeah. most countries, when it has a World Cup as well, they have a bit of a clean-up operation. In Brazil, they, you know, they, the word went out into the gangs in the favelas to behave themselves because the ringleaders Don't would think be... they have favelas in Doha. No, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just... And, in that, and, and also uh, in Russia, you know, the, the, the hooligans were mm. told that you know, they would be responsible if anything went wrong. I mean, is there any sort of feel of a kind no. of clear-up operation? They don't really need no, one, no. do they? They absolutely do not need one. It's the cleanest place I've ever been. It's incredible. Uh, and I think it's the safest place in the world by one, one, uh, one in terms of crime. Um, if you ever went to somebody's house and they were super house proud, I mean, they're not going to make you put 
you know, bags on your shoes or anything. But then again, I don't think they expect you to eat your food off the floor or dry your hands on the curtains. <laughs> you're gonna, you know, I, would, I wouldn't advise you to misbehave, put it that way, because even the public toilets have two janitors and they're absolutely spotless. There's no graffiti anywhere. Um, there's no such football culture as such. Um, it's yeah. going to be interesting for them because they don't want the bad publicity. Either. I mean, they if, say two gay people are walking down the street hand in hand. I'd imagine that they'll just leave it. I can't well, imagine that they're going to arrest people for stuff like that because it's going to look so bad. Well, they're certainly conscious of the bad publicity. When I was there, they'd called in the German ambassador to, uh, for him to apologise for comments made by the German Prime Minister. So they are conscious of you know what's happening, and mm. which is why I think they'll be glad really when it's over. But I don't think they anticipated the amount of um, the amount of coverage mm. of the, the events game, which is crazy really because it's one of the biggest events in the world. Yeah. But there are other stories there, like I say about this guy with the air conditioning, and then you know they've got a huge solar panel out there, and you know they're doing stuff with the EV vehicles which you can charge for free. I mean, we had a Hyundai that was great, you know. And you, it's a spick and span place. It's a nice place to go to. I mean, the buildings are younger than you two for starter. <laughs> that wouldn't be difficult. difficult. <laughs> and you met Anthony Quinn's son, who has who's, who, he's, he's done this huge sculpture that we're going to be seeing a lot of over the next few weeks. Yeah, it's called Goal, and he's a spitting image of his dad. I mean, it's one for the teenagers, but um, yeah. if you're over the age of 40, you probably remember Anthony Quinn's Absorb of the Greek, and things mm. like that. He's one of his 10 kids. Um, but he, yeah, he 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 had this. It's a huge goal. It represents the goal of sustainability and everything else. But it's interesting because his friends, he went to Ancelotti's wedding. He's friends with Messi and Puyol, and you know he's a global. In terms of his dad's uh, nationality and his, I mean, he could support Italy, which is where he was born. They're not there. Uh, Ireland, who aren't there. Um, Spain, where he lives. Uh, America, who are there. You know, he had, he had the choice of teams. But he, he's, he was a lovely guy. And the, the work about you will see everywhere. It's just called Goal. It's in the fan park. It's amazing. Because of Scotland aren't there because they'd have been shitting up it. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a quick one on City. I don't know. There's a bit of a feeling in when you read all the pieces about the game at the weekend that. That there was always a bit of a concern that Pep would would move on. You know, his, I think his wife and the kids have gone back to Barcelona. They've been there for a, uh, about three years now. But I don't know. He, some of the things he's been saying suggest he might be ready to potentially sign a new contract and stick around longer. Well, obviously that that would be the ideal scenario, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, I think maybe if we'd won the uh, Champs, Champions League against Chelsea that time, maybe he'd have thought his work there was done. So maybe that was a blessing in disguise because he's in the, the team's in transition at the minute. If you think about it, I know he's bought Ireland, but Fernandinho retired, and Jesus and Zinchenko went, and Sterling. Um, and I think that's the thing that Ferguson did at United, wasn't it? He kept winning while he was in, in transition. I think talking of legacy, I mean, he's already left one, but if he could take us to the Champions League trophy or you know another couple of titles, I mean, you know, job done. I've got a feeling that yeah, I've got a feeling they win the Champions League this year, but Arsenal win the title, and then your new manager will be Arteta eventually. Well, you, what do you think of that scenario, Bill? <laughs> Um, you've asked an Arsenal fan about that. Um, well, Arteta, I mean, they have been our nursery club for a while now. That would be a new level, giving them a manager to break in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if, if Pep says he's good enough, he'll probably be good enough. But I'd like to keep Pep for a while, obviously, to keep it a bit longer. Yeah. Cheers, Bill. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Bill. Journalist and author Bill Burrows here, fresh from uh, Qatar. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again uh, tomorrow. Charlie Baker with me. You're Good. back on Wednesday. Back on Wednesday, yeah. Do hope you can join us on one, if not, podcast available tomorrow around four o'clock. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.